Hello, and welcome to a special preview of the September Call Me By Your Game co-op episode, talking all about the classic that is Metroid. If you're not familiar with the co-op episodes that we do here on the show, these are special bonus Patreon releases that live at our $10 DJ Toad tier over at Super NPC Radio's Patreon, which is, of course, at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. You're going to hear about 30 minutes of the hour and 40 or so minute episode that I, Connor McCabe, recorded with Ali Gondor, Charlie Mihalik, and Michael Hearn, talking all about what we felt and how we felt about Super Metroid, uh, mostly in anticipation of Metroid Dread, which comes out on October 8th. So if you're a fan of this series, uh, you're going to enjoy this little preview episode. And if you like what you hear, consider jumping over there and supporting us on Patreon. Um, You, of course, not only get the monthly co-op deep dive episodes, but our Legend of Zelda Games Club, which is wrapping up, uh, has many episodes talking all about the mainline series at that same ten dollar dj toad tier uh thank you so much for listening today and enjoy our discussion about super metroid turn hey. uh when do you think you got this car was it like years after because this game comes out in yeah. 1994 was it probably late 90s or something yeah i want to say late 90s is kind of when i started to like especially because around that time i also got the nintendo 64 with my own money and i at that point that was less me waiting on my mom and dad to get it for me for my birthday and Christmas. And mm-hmm. I just started to take matters into my own hand and save up my allowance and buy myself video games. So I think kind of became a collector that way, a nice. little mini collector. Uh, so, yeah, I want to say late 90s, maybe 98, 99. And it was still reasonable. I, again, I don't think uh, like the Thunderland copy or whatever I got was driven up that much. So mm. I just, yeah, got it. Good. Uh, played it on original system and yeah, loved it and loved like the news. Like, cause I feel like what we know as Metroidvanias obviously kind of start around this. Yeah. This was kind of one of the blueprint ones that really defined how it's played. And the other one of that time was Castlevania Symphony of the Night mm-hmm. around that year. So I like, I kind of knew the grammar of it already and yeah, just really got into it and even just replaying it a little bit for this. I was like, oh yeah, this is like, a cl- like classic gameplay like you know what to do and you get into it it's immediate it's very propelled forward it's yeah a lot of fun i love that was it mm. so you played it when you first got it on on the original uh console mm-hmm. have you is this a game that you revisited throughout your life is it just like an occasional playthrough what what's it been like for you not as heavy as i like because some of them like, I feel like also, again, Metroidvania is like their billion that come out all the time. So if I yeah, want to really play popular one, now, yeah, I could always it's kind of that genre that's almost fallen off a little bit. But even then, there were a couple recent like sequels that I'm like, oh, yeah, that one. Like uh, Axiom Verge was like one from way back in the Edspot 360 era that got a sequel this mm-hmm. year. Uh, so I haven't replayed it too much. I did replay it a little bit when the Super Nintendo on Switch uh, came out and gave it like that function and pr- replayed it on that a little bit for this. Um, and it's also just helps that it's one of the easier ones to replay. Like I haven't played Metroid Prime in a while because I would have to date out like my copy for GameCube and play it on that or something like that. Um, so yeah, I haven't replayed it too much, but it is an occasional playthrough. And yeah, I'm excited to play another Metroid game in the series with Dread coming out. Yeah, I love it. 
Uh, that's that's really awesome. Uh, Ali, how about you? Um, have you? What's your history been like with this game? Uh, so the first time that I played this game, it was uh, a very memorable blockbuster video rental. Um, <laughs> and so I had I had an experience with this one where like, you know, you get like a day and a half with the rental. So I was uh, uh, very familiar with, you know, the, the very beginning of the game, mm-hmm. maybe two and a half bosses in, like as far as I could get. But yeah. then I was also blessed because the copy that I had borrowed from Blockbuster had a save file on there that was like right up at the last boss. So I was like, oh, absolutely. If I don't have time to do this, I'm going to like see what the ending is like. So I very much had this like bookend experience of the beginning wow. of the game, the end of the game. Yeah. And you're like, there sure are a lot of escape sequences in this game. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Totally I love forgot. escape yeah. games. Yeah. I totally forgot about that era of games where the memory card was like built into the cartridge so when you would rent a game you would have somebody else's save file on there and you could yeah. like skip a large parts of the game yeah and it's yeah. like you know mo- most of them have three uh yeah. like three three save slots and i really like whenever i would get something like that where it was like a, a near end game or something where it's just like you know uh, an rpg that had like hours logged on it yeah. <laughs> i'm always so curious like how long it's lasted like in the renting like passing hands oh, project because yeah. there's there's a good handful, especially kids, who just would want to watch the world burn and yeah. just erase everything they can, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gosh, yeah. so I think you you mentioned that on your episode of my show. I was pretty positive that it was about this game, which is, I'm glad I took the stab and you came on. Um, so any experience outside of that first rental for you? Uh, I just, uh, I took this as an assignment, and I was like, oh, absolutely, this is... This is homework. I can justify this. <laughs> so good because that's uh, how I meant it. <laughs> yeah, no, I played it. I played it like over this last week on um, uh, a modded PS Classic uh, that only has ROMs that I actually own. Oh wow, really. um, that's the way uh, that the creators <laughs> were hoping you would play Super Metroid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's what they had in mind. I mean, who knows? They were forward thinking. Um, <laughs> no, but it's uh, yeah, it was good. It was like uh, besides the PlayStation controller not being the SNES controller, it was like mm-hmm. felt pretty much exactly the same as the original experience. Um, and it was a blast to like actually, uh, I managed to finish it, which was cool. I definitely nice. like didn't, I didn't go for anything close to completion item wise or anything like that. Like there's oh, so yeah. much in there. So as soon as I had enough where I was like, I think I can do the boss with this, then I just went yes. for it. Yeah, I, I feel like I can relate to that in a, lo- in a lot of games. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get as much shit as I can. And then by the time you've been playing a game for a while and you're sort of ready to be done, you're like, I think I could beat the final boss with what I've got. Yeah, so. dude, dude, I had after after I got the X-ray spec, which like mm-hmm. I, I had probably seen in the end game content before, but it had no purpose on that save file. Mm-hmm. But after I got the X-ray spec, like in the middle of this game, I caught myself where like for a while I was playing it where I would just like I'd move down a little bit and then I'd like whip out the x-ray spec the scope and like start you know scanning the wall and I'd be like mm-hmm. oh nothing here and then I'd move like a few more feet down and go all right well, how about here and it's like <laughs> and at a certain point I was like you can't do this like yeah. this isn't this is like uh, uh this is gonna make it not fun very quickly yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that very much this being also my first full playthrough of the game i was doing that a lot um awesome well thank you so much uh charlie what about you uh when did you first encounter this game and what's your history been like uh i i did play it when i was a kid uh on super nintendo but i remember 
uh, it being a very frustrating experience when I played it mm-hmm. for the first time because this was in the days before like uh, strategy guides and things like that. And I just don't think I had the like <laughs> mental fortitude at the time to realize <laughs> like once I got stuck that there was a way to go, I would just be like, well, the game's broken. And <laughs> it's like, would just get so frustrated because yes. you get a lot of forward progress, but then eventually you would run into something where you're like, you don't quite understand that the game means for you to go forward and then go back a lot. Yeah. And then, like, so all the backtracking and stuff means that all of the things that weren't open are now open or you can access them. And so um, several years later, when I played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I was like, oh, okay, like this is a very similar, um, you know, layout and structure. And that made a lot more sense to me. And so I didn't revisit Super Metroid until probably like seven or eight years ago was the first Ooh. time I played through it um uh on a on a rom but i also legally owned the cartridge and so (laughs) Hmm, okay sure uh, yeah um so you and i charlie why are you winking so much we'll have to talk collectors a real cartridge Uh, owner when (laughs) we're probably both just like sitting on a gold mine and we need to talk about it um but uh yeah and and i got it this time like this time i i had a blast um, I'm not a person who's afraid to consult a strategy guide from time to time. And mm-hmm. so when I would get stuck, I just Google and be like, what does IGN say I should do? And I just love the idea that you feel more and more badass as the game goes on. But also mm-hmm. I just love the atmosphere of it for a game made in like 1994. It's crazy that it has so much like, like it feels like you're in a, like a, a world that's been overtaken by these like alien parasites. And I love mm-hmm. like, even just like the weird like mythology that's not explored, but like the Chozo statues and like the stuff that they kind of look like the engineers from Alien mm-hmm. and, you know, like collecting your upgrades and like building up your missiles and then eventually getting power bombs and like all of that stuff was so cool. So I finished that and then I immediately played Metroid Prime Ooh. Um, after that. And I, mm-hmm. and I loved Metroid Prime too. It was weird how they were able to transform the same type of gameplay into something that's still like, or a completely different style of gameplay, sorry, into something that feels like it retains so much of what made Metroid great. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a blast. And then, and then after that, I think that's kind of where I stopped. I don't think I did Metroid prime two or three, but I was really excited to return to this. I did beat it the last time. This time I think I got as far as past the, uh, the wrecked ship. Nice. And then, Yeah. yeah. Um, and then ran out of time because <laughs> we had to do the episode. <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, it was blast. And I still have the same issues where I would be like, like there's a very simple solution that I am not getting, and certain moves that they just don't tell you about. Like the yeah. first time you encounter that bridge, and you have to run across it, and they never say this is the run button, and so you just keep falling mm-hmm. in a hole. Yeah. And then the shine spark. Um, which is something that they also don't explain to you. So it's like, once you learn that certain things become super accessible, but it's wild that like you would have had to have consulted an instruction guide rather Mm -hmm. than them introducing things like every game does now with a tutorial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely a product of its time where they expected you to have the manual and maybe knows at least know someone who had the guide because I can relate to that. The first time I played, tried playing this game, which I think was on the, I have the SNES Classic, the the Mini, mm-hmm. um, and which I've just modded to be a PlayStation Mini. Uh, completely, I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but when I first tried, but you that, own all the CDs, all the yeah, no, I, I own them all. Uh, uh, no winks here. 
But the first time I tried to play that a few years ago, I that exact part, Charlie, I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because you do get locked behind. It's one of those doors that close on you and you need a wave beam to actually shoot through it to get back. Um, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm just not playing the game anymore. Uh, and since then I've figured out that there is a run button uh, that's just part of your arsenal from the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah I, f- sort of- I, feel, I feel that uh, for sure. There's, there's, um, there's an element about the backtracking, which I think in the beginning of the game, it's very, uh, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like an enjoyable backtracking. Cause it's yeah. like, Oh, well I've been in these four rooms so I can go check them. And yeah, then like yeah. later on when you get lost, you're like, Oh fuck. Like it, it could be like one of like, you know, any of these hundreds of places. Um, so that's definitely, I, I did the same thing. Like I definitely at a certain point was like, well, to make it for the episode, I got to hit a walkthrough. Yeah, um, yes. But one, sure. one thing that, it, uh, that made me think of though, that's a, a, a cool thing that I noticed on this one. And I remembered as a kid too, um, was <laughs> there were, there were times like as a kid when sometimes I wasn't allowed to be playing video games, but my, my dumb workaround was like just leaving it on, like as if I was watching <laughs> TV or something like that obsessed with it. And this super Metroid, if you just leave the title screen, there's like little snippets of gameplay and the gameplay that they show has like some of the more secret shit in it. So like oh. there's there's like a moment where you sh- like I think the first time I ever saw this, the shine spark happen was in that. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck was that? And then there was another <laughs> one. Um, uh, uh, Connor, I have a feeling. Oh, no. I, who knows? Maybe out of you have those like secrets at the end. But that thing where she gets in the bubble and like heals fully. Yes. No idea. Too, that's yeah. like I don't know how you would ever come across that in the game, but they show that in those like in between segments, like just while the oh, game. Oh, what's in, like, that? I don't even think I've too. seen that. Yeah, that I, is I, called. Okay, I have it written down, um, but that is called the Crystal Flash, where essentially you have to have like a certain amount of. You have almost no health left. You have to have a certain amount of I think super missiles, missiles, and a power bomb. You, you do a combination of buttons, which I think are LR down and then B, which will release a power bomb and once that happens samus absorbs the power from it and recharges her health entirely and i i didn't know until i finished this playthrough that that was the hell yeah (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so you're out of like ammo with with the exception of your beams basically but it obviously would probably be still valuable in a few few huge battles like i'm sure against ridley who you can hit with your beam uh, yeah, that that's crazy. That attract the attract mode of this game, yeah. which is what they, they call that. You might right, know they call yeah. the screen that like plays if you don't interact with the game. Um, it's mostly was more of an arcade thing uh, to get mm-hmm. kids to play stuff in the arcades. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy what they what is what they will actually show you there. That's so cool. Um, that was I think the footage is like of her going way above the ship for the first time with the shine spark. And I was like, no. oh, oh, I didn't even think to try that. <laughs> so yeah. it's like that's yeah, one of the first times you see it. That's so cool. Um, as far as uh, my personal history with this this game uh, in in the series in general, um, I had sort of dabbled in playing Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion growing up. Uh, my friend had both games, so I like tried them out, but never owned any of them. I really didn't even know who Samus was, honestly, until Super Smash Brothers on the N64, which is how I also learned about like NES and Captain Falcon. I because I, I also just didn't have an uh, an SNES, but um, I yeah, I tried to play this game a few years ago on the after hearing so much about it about how it's one of the greatest games, not just on the SNES, but just period, how it inspired a whole genre. Um, 
didn't really get through it. I tried again uh, on when they released it on the uh, S when, with the SNES online bundle for the Switch. Um, got like kind of far. I got to that. You know that I always forget the. I think his name is Dragon. It's that boss that looks like a big shrimp that uh, you can like. Uh, kill real easily, which I'm sure we'll get into with a little cheese, but uh, yeah. that's where I got and gave up. But So this is the first time I played all the way through, um, and uh, it was awesome. I thought this game was fantastic. I Since, you know, leading up to this, a couple years ago, I beat Metroid Fusion uh, on a on a trip to Disney World. I, I, brought, I brought Metroid Fusion with me on the plane, playing it on a DS, and played through it and loved it. It's a little more linear than this game. This game is way more exploration focused, which is always harder for my uh, peanut brain. Um, but uh, yeah, this ended up being such a special game. Like I was telling you all before the show started, since in the two weeks since, I've finished Metroid 2 on the 3DS as well, so I'm in a real Metroid headspace. Um, and, and I've played a decent amount of Prime, but not all the way through, so it's, it's fantastic. All right, uh, so like I said, I want to get into some brief just general history and context of this game and the franchise, uh, kind of like the regular show. There's not a lot to share, but if either any of you want to add stuff or you have anything you feel is important to share, uh, please hop in. Otherwise, we'll just get into it. Um, Super Metroid is an action-adventure platforming video game developed by Nintendo R&D 1, which was Research and Development 1, uh, and Intelligent Systems, who ended up being the company who developed like the Paper Mario series and Fire Emblem. Uh, they were helping with a lot of the programming. Um, so it was developed by R&D 1 and Intelligent Systems, published by Nintendo for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in 1994. Uh, it came out um, I think in March in Japan, and then in the America, in the USA, in the USA, whatever that is, uh, <laughs> in April. So pretty quickly after it, I was sort of thinking about it, and I'd love to hear what you all have to, if you have any thoughts on this. But my assumption was because there's very little text, and there's not a lot of story that is being told to you, with the exception of the beginning and the end. It feels like an easy game to just Localize. get ready to ship. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, uh, it was directed by Yoshio Sakamoto, who was a designer on Metroid and ended up directing Metroid Fusion and is the lead producer on the long-awaited Metroid Dread. He's sort of like the, because of this game, the Metroid guy. Very interesting dude. Uh, I've, I, both positively and negatively, I've heard some really funky stuff just in interviews uh, about him, like uh, Satoru Iwata, former president of Nintendo, um, uh, sort of, I, I don't know if it was intentional, but maybe roasted this guy accidentally in interviews with, with uh, publications about like working on some of these games and saying how he didn't always know how to communicate his vision or what he wanted, um, which is so harsh. Uh, it sounded like a dad who's not mad, just disappointed when he would talk about this guy, but talented artist nonetheless. Um, uh, and he, uh, yeah, I already said he's the lead producer on Metroid Dread coming out in a few weeks. Uh, this is the third game in the Metroid series, 
and directly follows the events of Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. Hearn, you mm-hmm. said you had this game. Did you play through yeah. that thing on the Game Boy? I did, yeah. Oh my that was gosh, one of the you're first a superhuman. Might have been that the first, because uh, the first Metroid is even more kind of like rudimentary and long and bad tracky mm-hmm. and very not handholdy at all. But two kind of like you could start and stop a little more, I think. Yeah, uh, a lot more linear too. But I'm yeah. so impressed. Two is like, just Samus needs to kill 50 Metroids. Yeah, and <laughs> yes. then that's the end. <laughs> it's just like an assassination mission, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think the like space pirates have like I don't know if they've taken the Metroid to SR388, whatever the planet is, but they yeah. are gonna like use them for evil. So she's destroying mm-hmm. them before they can do any of that. Um, Hern, that's impressive because I've looked right. at this game on the Game Boy and it's. It looks rough. I mean, it's not it looks, the most I'm intrigued. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I'm guessing the remake that you played is probably more up to date and better about it. Sort of like how maybe Metroid Zero Mission is more worth playing than Metroid One. But yeah, yeah the the remake is yeah. I think the remake's pretty fantastic. Again, different style of game in mm-hmm. in some sense from this one, but it's well, great. They added a lot of like quality of life stuff, um, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have you played this, Charlie? The Metroid, the remake? Mm-hmm. No, no, I haven't played it. Do you have but a 3DS? I, I don't, no. Okay. Um, but I remember hearing about it when it came out because there was a an unofficial remake yeah. that had been made. Uh, yes. And then, yeah, A2MR, is yes. that what it was called? Yeah. I think and it then, stood for another Metroid 2 remake or yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, AM2R, there you go. Um, yeah, and I remember that was that was considered really great. And then... Uh, and then Nintendo, of course, as they do, <laughs> issues a cease and desist and then yes. releases their own. Uh, so, yeah. They nuked it. Well, uh, and Ollie, you've not played Samus 2, the Game Boy one, right? No, I haven't. Uh, gotcha. I, I, maybe I've seen it, but I don't think I've ever played it. It's, uh, But it was, that was one thing that I appreciated about the intro on Super Metroid mm-hmm. is those like, it's just starting right off the bat real cinematic with these like you know black and white sepia like game Mm -hmm. footage memories of the previous games i thought that was really cool and that it all like every single slide ends with an exclamation point which is very funny (laughs) and sam has killed the metroids (laughs) it's great uh well if if um any of you ever want to borrow the 3ds remake please let me know i have a spare uh 2ds xl that you can borrow it's a fantastic game um, truly, though, I'd love for someone to play this. I that goes out it. to the Patreon subscribers too, right, Connor? Yeah, I'll <laughs> mail you a whole console. Um, that's the that's the just under the Hearn's address tier. That's the eighty dollar <laughs> tier. Um, uh, so I also remember real yeah, quick that it was it. it was a huge deal. Like it was like a reveal that shattered the internet at the end of Metroid One when yeah. you beat the game, and then they removed Samus's outfit yes. and reveal that samus was a woman and when you say that, shattered the internet you're talking about like a bunch of giant boxes at mit at that point yeah, <laughs> they, yeah they, that was the first dot-com crash yeah. <laughs> yeah just a bunch of punch a lot cards of people lost everything <laughs> yeah but i remember that was something that even like being like young it would be in like game magazines and stuff because i used to get like nintendo power magazine Mm-hmm. And they would be like, "Girl Power, Samus," because <laughs> for the entire first game, they don't say anything like that until the very end of the game. Huge, and then now yeah. it's like one of the yeah, one of the most famous uh, game characters of all time. Yeah, yeah. I think hearing about the, I've been listening to a ton and reading a ton about the 
franchise this month have just gone absolutely Metroid crazy, uh, Metroid fever, if you will. Uh, and the whole impetus for that was that one day the developers, I don't even know who it was, was just like, it'd be interesting if Samus was a woman and then she was a woman. That was it. Uh, and, and then that reveal was a really big deal. In the first game, I think she has like, she has like green hair or something. Now she's blonde. Maybe I'm wrong. It kind of. I think the palette like they depend on what yeah. suit you're wearing. Yeah. Or something like that for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. also I wonder like how much of an influence like the Alien movies had on this whole series because yeah. obviously that's female hero led. Feels like a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of has some more Asian like burst in forth and type the of aliens. Bosses Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. Yeah. Ridley. Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then so so as, uh, you mentioned too the um those those uh I keep wanting to say the chorizo guys but the chorizo the chorizo <laughs> yeah they uh, those guys looking like the architects but then like yeah. did they predate the architects or do we see architects ever in the original you do in, you the, do first in the first alien oh, in yeah, yeah. set the seventy nine alien yeah. when they first explore the ship they find one yeah they find one okay cool yeah. Gosh, this honestly makes me want to watch Alien tonight. Um, just oh. talking about all this. Yeah, but yeah it, it seems like up, there's man. Uh, last set, yeah. Seems like there's a heavy connection to it, um, which is, you know, it was one of the more. It was very different from a lot of the Nintendo properties for most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was even though you know Zelda's an action adventure game, but it's still cute. Link is cute. There's a lot of colors. Mario is self-explanatorily cartoonish. Um, everything else is really bright. Even something yeah, like this Punch is Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is moody. Very much. Um, the, so the, the, the scene that I think was probably the craziest is the boss that you have to push into the lava. Yes. And then you watch it dissolve, mm-hmm. and then it jump, its skeleton jumps up and collapses in front of you with the saddest like death scream. Yeah. Uh, yes, Crocomire. Yeah, yeah Crocomire. Yeah, yeah um, it was wild. It's so good. But so in the game, following you know those events that we were sort of discussing, where at the end of Metroid Two, like we were saying, she goes to destroy all the Metroid, but then she meets a baby Metroid who uh, is like shows. I don't know, empathy towards her. So she <laughs> saves it and ends up uh, meeting that, that we'll talk about that Metroid in this game. It's basically, so it follows, it, it's, yeah. it's like the best chapter of, are you my mother? Right? Like that's, <laughs> that's sort of what's happening there. I think, yeah, uh, you can see the line that they drew. Yeah. From those, but yeah. truly, uh, which is pretty great. It's right as the thing is born, um, she meets it. So that must have a lot to do with it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Obviously, in this game, you're once again controlling bounty hunter Samus Aran, Aran, I've heard it pronounced a million different ways, a bounty hunter who travels to planet Zebes uh, or Zebes to rescue a baby Metroid kidnapped by the space pirate leader Ridley. The game builds on the skeleton of the first two games with more of a focus on exploration. Um, this game is... We've already said this word a few times, but it's a classic and was critically acclaimed upon release. Inspired a whole new genre of action platformers that we've talked about already called Metroidvanias. uh, And it holds up very well to this day and is not only considered a top game on the SNES, which is a crazy feat in its own right, because that the the, I guess the catalog on that system is up there as far as best ever. But it's also considered just one of the best games, period.
Okay, uh, so there's so much to talk about when it comes to this game. Um, I have some places that I can absolutely kick off for us, so I'm just going to do that. Um, I'd like to generally stay on a sort of topic at a time, but if we get taken somewhere, let's go. Uh, let's go off the tracks and do that. The first thing I want to discuss, which we sort of were getting into earlier, were the uh, sort of... I I don't know if cinematic is an overused word, but the presentation of the beginning of the game and the intro all the way sort of up to finding the baby Metroid in Ridley. It's really great. I, I would um, love to hear from maybe even Charlie or Michael having played this as a kid since Ollie and I are more of the, well, you played it as a kid too. You So you know what? I t- Ollie, you're welcome to talk to. I can to. participate too. <laughs> yeah. Um, as someone who has, you know, only you know, seen this in recent years and, and still mm-hmm. really appreciates it. Do any of you have anything you want to say about that opening or at all? Cause I'd love to hear from you. I, I I'll just jump in quick that it, it did, you know, it blew my mind in that like movie sense the same way, uh, not to immediately introduce another topic, but final fantasy six slash three has that yeah. like opening sequence where the oh. credits roll after like the cold open. I just remember that like it, it was at a level where, you know, nobody was taking video games like seriously as mm-hmm. like art so much, or if you were, you were really on the fringes and like to see something like that, where it was, um, just, you know, you have to start a game. You have to do these same steps that every video game has to do. And just to see, like, a new take on it, really, as a kid, I was just like, oh, it just blew my yeah. mind. And I think Super Metroid does does the same thing really well with the, the intro sequence and those first few moments. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the part that really, like, will always stand out for me is actually when you get to Zebes and for the first, like, you know, like six or seven rooms, there's nothing. And it's totally empty. And then you move back into a room once you reach the end of something. And then there's space pirates crawling on the walls. Mm -hmm. And it just like you feel this thing where you're like, oh, no, I'm like in enemy territory. And the design of the space pirates is so good um, because they're big. They're as big as Samus. Generally, a lot of times, Mm -hmm. like you're fighting enemies that are Mm -hmm. that are smaller, harder to hit. But this is like cool because it feels like you've immediately gotten into like a gun battle. And um it felt really cool. It was like it definitely had that cinematic flair to it. And they're so satisfying. Like when they, when they, when you kill them, they don't yeah. just like kind of go pew. It's like they go, ah! yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a they do kind of cry. Yeah, and they yeah. explode too. Yeah, and they cry ducks. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's I guess you know it's funny. I was even just thinking like up until before you 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 take your ship from that space station that right. explodes to mm-hmm. to Zebes, but they really do a good job of this for a while through the game because it seems like it seems measured might be the word that I want to use through a certain point. I don't know who it was, but I also heard someone recently say they like sort of hold your hand for a certain way. So you can, it's almost like an extended tutorial where you feel in control and then the, then it's the rain, the like, I guess the seatbelt is off. I don't know what sort of yeah. metaphor I'm trying to use. I'm really good at metaphors and phrases uh, that we all know. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like that at a certain point it's off and you can just explore and do whatever you want. But yeah, those. I think that measured approach does seem to really serve those those moments when they want to something to be deliberate really well. Hearn. They do it again on the on the wrecked ship too mm-hmm. when yeah. Yeah, yeah the power's off. 
and you have to go down and turn the power back on. And then when you get back out, everything's been released and the security systems have been activated. And there's yes. just like the, the sparks everywhere and the broken, the broken tanks. Yeah. And yeah, it's cool. I love that running into a save point for the first time that doesn't work. You just feel so betrayed. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. No, this is totally. supposed to yeah. save. <laughs> That's not fair at all. Yeah. Um, uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up was that opening encounter with, with Ridley. Um, well, there's a few things that this series does that is always, uh, it, I don't know if I would call it confusing, but it's questionable where you seemingly kill Ridley at the end of Samus two, but he, and I think in the first one yet Ridley is, is back again. You might also be able to say the same for Samus always losing her powers, you know, between the end of a previous game and going into the first one. I don't really care that much. It's a video game. I can pretty much get over it. Um, but that first encounter is really creepy because you, I, I just that image. Uh, and again, this is, we're living in a modern age of video games where this isn't state of the art anymore, but it still is a little creepy where you enter that room with the baby Metroid and nothing's going on for a while besides the cry. And then you just see the eye light up and then Ridley shows up. That, it's, it still really holds up to me. Yeah, um, 100%. It's uh it's it's effective. It's simple. It's like just enough time for you to go, "Okay, I guess nothing's here." Oh shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they do that a few times in the game. And this is the first g- game that I remember playing in which you fight the final boss right at the beginning and oh. then have to play and then and then Symphony of the Night ends up doing the exact same thing yeah. where you're Simon Belmont and then you let a, you like fight Dracula in the beginning and then you go back to the to the beginning of the game and then you play through it again. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Hearn, any particular things that you remember about the, the like presentation or like the sort of the tone that gets set in that game? Sure. I mean, just the technological advances of the Super Nintendo over the previous two systems, the Nintendo and Game Boy like really are really immediate because part of it too is that it references the original so much in the opening credits and mm-hmm. the opening level is kind of modeled after the final level of metroid a little bit and all that but then you like see all the super nintendo like graphical enhancements like you see little things crawling in the level mm-hmm. that they couldn't do in nintendo style and then like when that when the first area is like blowing up and all the steam and all the effects are happening and the even the screen shifts oh, with yeah. it. That's like straight mode seven. Mode like, seven, baby. Yeah, <laughs> State of the art uh graphics. But like yeah, like all that like it had so much fun with like the perspectives of games like that where like Final Fantasy sits or Actraiser or Super Castlevania four where like backgrounds could morph alongside what you were doing. And just felt like a kind of living world that you were in, as opposed to like something more simple or or uh, down uh, bolt nuts and bolts. So yeah. yeah, like it it just immediately is like this isn't your daddy's Metroid. This is new, and it's like <laughs> a new uh, vibe to it. It was really cool. Um, and then yeah, like I think it even plays with the whole like Ripley, uh, Ridley rather coming out of nowhere, and then um, even the first Chozo statue like plays with your expectations, or maybe not the first one, but an early one plays with your expectations of like, there's going to be surprises around the corner. You're like, you can't, you can't just come with it. expecting Metroid one all over again. Mm. Yeah. That, that surprises thing you shared. I really felt on this playthrough. It almost feels like it, it 
uh, sort of conditions you to not when you go through every door because sometimes you've been to an area or you you've unlocked the map of an area and you can kind of see I don't think there's going to be a boss in this tiny corridor um, but there would be enough times where sort of not like take a breath but be like all right you can't just like walk in here blindly you might get destroyed by something be ready for for whatever comes at you um the the plants that suck you in and hold you in oh hey, are so frustrating <laughs> yeah. yeah they like they can go drain like four tanks so quickly yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like when you'd fall into a pit and yeah. they get you yeah yeah, this I try is... not to use the rewind thing on the Switch so much with the Super Nintendo yeah. games. I definitely just was like, no, definitely I don't feel like it. Yeah. 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 Oh, shit, there what were... is that? Is that? That's just a feature oh, where if you, you... Yeah, if you hold uh, ZL and ZR, it'll show a, like the last like 40 seconds of gameplay, and you can just like go like boop, 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 almost oh, like rewinding Netflix, wow. and then it just takes you back. That's <laughs> yeah. magical. Yeah. yeah. Probably could have used that a couple points. Uh, yeah. I, felt, I felt that... Less so, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a, the nice thing about that now is that if you get into like a huge battle, like I think near the end of the game, there are these uh, two um, space pirates that are like golden, that jump mm-hmm. around, that unless, that they do this pattern where they're not, you can only hit them at a certain point, missiles don't work. When I first went in and fought them, I was like, I just have to spend this whole time trying to figure out how I even hurt them because it's not happening this time. (laughs) So (laughs) that was one where I was like, oh, I didn't feel so bad about having a safe state, but I also try to like, try to recreate the original experience and the experience that Ollie had. I don't care. (laughs) Get me through the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got, I got no no principles when it comes to <laughs> recreating the original's experience. Yeah, like, I, it feels like I, like uh, time time feels a lot more precious now than it yeah. was when I was a kid. So like, there's I I like experiencing it as as much of the original as possible. But I think when it comes down to this is just going to be a straight you know this many more minutes or hours to start back at this save point yes. versus creating a save state right outside the door it's like yeah, yeah. fine i have no problem doing that i'm a modern man expecting <laughs> modern <comforts. Yeah>. yes <laughs> Oh my goodness, what an absolutely riveting 30-minute discussion preview that we released here. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you want to hear the full episode from me, Ollie, Charlie, and Michael, you can check that out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio at the $10 DJ Toad tier. Again, thank you for listening. Enjoy that Metroiding. Enjoy that video gaming. Enjoy all that you're doing out there. And we'll see you on the next one.